Hey guys, I want to tell you about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. And how do I know? Because Todd Orndorff on a podcast now switched to Anchor. And it's absolutely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Can you imagine not having to lug all of your equipment every place you go to do an interview or record? You can do it all right from your phone. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to be heard, they send you there. You do the fun stuff, they do the hard stuff. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You wake up, you got morning wood, you open up the curtains and you see a buffalo and say, hey, I'm going to shoot it. We're talking about a man. That's me. He's esteemed. Uh-huh. He's known worldwide. You heard him. He has listeners everywhere. Woo! Damn near every corner of the globe. That's far. Mr. Tata. Let's go. I'm a podcast veteran. Been in the game for 10 years. I got the co-host that knows most. And that's Johnny. And I'm Toddy. This is the TC. What's up, what's up, and good evening. This is Todd Orner from the TalkCast coming at you from the great state of PA, Central PA to be exact. My name is Todd Orndorff. I'm your party host for this evening. Folks, on today's show, we are going to talk the Pennsylvania, the PA, and VA, the PAVA rifle seasons because they're now over. We are going to talk the weirdest hunting laws. I haven't talked to you about this yet. The weirdest hunting laws, personal hunting stories, and so much more. But joining me today, he's the hype man tattooed in the wild. He is Virginia's favorite son. He is the title holder to Castle Venezuela K. <laughs> Co-host and mine, Johnny Simonetti. Johnny, what's up, my friend? What's up, homie? How's everything going? What's Oh, dude, everything's going. I Did you understand what yeah. I just said about the title holder of yeah. Castle Venezuela K? Yes, sir, I did. I did because I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't get to tell you yet. I did not get to tell you yet, but uh, I had a. So, for for the people listening, Johnny claims that he is the greatest jerky mystery of jerky. Is that true? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Are, uh, <laughs> has your jerky traveled across state lines multiple? Times? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's been to Oklahoma. It has been to Florida. It has definitely been to PA. Uh, where else? There's one other place I can't remember right now, but yeah, it's it's definitely my jerky has been shipped across state lines more than one occasion. <laughs> well, I I got to tell you, there's a mutual friend of ours, a guy that I introduced you to. He's a really tough critic, man, and uh, I I didn't get to tell you, I don't think, but he tried the jerky. I I had to take some to the place of employment. And he was there, and like, look, dude, you got to try this, because I introduced him to Reload as well. And I said, there may be a little bit of Reload stuff. Try it out. <laughs> you are now his favorite jerky maker, uh, I just want to say. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> you you are Savo approved. <laughs> and... Uh, to get Savo's approval is uh, not exactly the easiest thing at times. You know, he's my buddy. He's pretty tough. You know, like everybody needs like a 4 a.m. Hey, I guy, and like yep. you know, someone like help you get rid of a body at 4 a.m. If you got one, he's my 4 a.m. I got a body guy. And uh, 
So, like, I trust his judgment and everything, and, uh, you know, I obviously... Listen, dude, you sent me so much freaking jerky, and it didn't last me three days, I swear to the heavens above. It was gone <laughs> in a little less than two days. I have to... When when my daughter gets a bag of jerky, I ha- literally have to take it. I was like, babe, that's enough jerky. You don't... She will sit down and eat a whole bag in 20 minutes. It's gone. I'm like, babe, that's too much. you got to save it. That's just how it's always been. <laughs> I I, 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 think, I got a recipe a long time ago. I liked it, and I've stuck with it. I've tweaked it here and there. Uh, the, of course, now that I started adding pack and heat to it, it just makes it even better. You know, some people don't like the uh, heat, and that's why I sent you both kinds. If they can't, they can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen, bro. That's right. That you is know right. What I mean? Yes, indeed. Oh, and, and, and let me give a shout-out real quick. When you're talking about your 4.30 a.m. guy, Talking about being Savo, I've got one of those myself, and that's my boy Christopher Price. You know Chris? Oh yeah, I know Chris. <laughs> yeah, that's, he, that's, he may have participated on these episodes. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my four thirty a.m. guy right there. <laughs> Everybody needs one, you know. Oh yeah, and I'm the same who, way. Who uh, who you gonna call? All right, right. You know, I, he, I was in yeah. bed one night at eleven thirty. He called me. And, he lives in he lives in a house, but the the owner of the house lives upstairs. Well, her hot water heater started leaking, and they were getting water in their in their kitchen. He called. I was in bed. It was like eleven o'clock at night, and he said, "Dude, I, I need. I don't have any big wrenches or anything. Can you come help me?" I'm like, "Yep." I went and grabbed the monkey wrench. Went and stopped the leak. We went to Walmart and got a pee. And that's just everybody's got to have one of those. There's somebody. Everybody's got somebody that you can always count on. Always. And Chris is my boy, and he knows I'm the, I'm the same for him. Yeah. The, the, the important, I mean, you know, like we all got like, you know, if you got a significant other, you got a friend or girlfriend, whether you're married or whatnot, that's great. But everybody needs that 4 a.m. guy. Oh, yeah. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. That's right. Here's- hey, right now, I need one because I know I ain't waking mine up at 4.30 in the morning <laughs> to fix a leak. That ain't getting to my house. Yeah. I'm poking a bear with the stick. Oh, yeah, you don't wake Dream up. I would never say, hey, babe, you got to get up and help me do this. No, that's not happening. I'd get, I'd get shot. <laughs> that, will be the end of, get- that will be the end of T.O. on the T.C. <laughs> yeah, I'd get shot. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, hey, man, you uh, the Virginia rifle season is officially over. It is. Rifle you know, outside of what? Yeah. yeah, season's over. Out outside of what you harvested, did you see many monsters that were taken? Uh, yeah, yeah. We had we had a couple. Uh, I saw a couple of my buddies. They killed some really nice one. Eight pointer and a ten pointer was real nice. And did I send you the picture of the one that got hit? Like, let's, yes, yeah, that was a freaking that was a city deer right there. That thing was a monster. As far as freaks like that, no, I haven't seen anything like that here in Virginia. But you know, we always have we always have good deer. I posted one up on Tattooed in the Wild um, on their Facebook page. A guy over uh, east of the Blue Ridge, he killed a real good one. But there's um, there was a lot of really nice bucks taken in Pennsylvania a few years ago. Now they started this this um, 
antler restriction, you know, like it, it has to have at least three points on one side and everything. And now we're just getting so many nice in your box. It's, it's wonderful out there. That being said, none were harvested by this guy. Uh, I, uh, got out for maybe in the two weeks, I maybe got out for eight hours, maybe to bind. I didn't have much time out there. Uh, a lot of things going on this time of year for me, but, um, you know, maybe next year happen, but you know, we still got, you know, there's late season archery and stuff like that and whatnot. But, uh, no, man, uh, my buddy Savo, he smacked, uh, he smacked a couple of ones and I saw this one, this actually this, the father of this coworker shot one and Johnny, I'm telling you what, if this spread was not as wide as my seven foot seven dining room table, I don't know how freaking large this thing. It was huge. Like obviously it sounds like obviously it seems it sounds like you're talking about a or something right now. I'm telling you, <laughs> this sucker it it was twenty five plus on the inside. It was massive. Wow. Absolutely massive. Yeah, it was a freaking giant. Maybe twenty eight. And then that's no exaggeration. So there were, and that was on public land, 15 minutes from my home. So you know, there's been uh, the the fish and game agencies like throughout the United States have just done such a freaking wonderful job. And you know, like the time of the antler restrictions, you know, I was like, oh man, you know, like now I gotta like pick and choose and all this other stuff and whatnot. But uh, no, they're like the the. The things that the fishing game agencies are doing around the country right now are just so wonderful for the hunters. Yeah, you know what? You have to pass up on something, but, you know, it's going to mature. It's going to have another year of life. It's going to grow. It's going to prosper and create more for us. Yeah. You know? Yep. And uh, freaking awesome, man. Oh, yeah. Virginia got that, too. Uh, They've got – they established – let's see, was it three years ago? I think it was three years, maybe maybe four years ago. They established a new law that said you can kill whatever you want for for your first buck. Say you can kill a spike, but your second one has to have four points on one side. So we have a four point restriction. Wow. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you, I I mean I can see it in my area. I mean I did not I did not hunt that much this year. I you know I, we've talked you and I've talked about it. Me being in a funk, losing 158 50 acres of hunting land i was just in a funk i wasn't even going to hunt you know my buddy colby that i hunt with he's like dude you got to come hunt dreamer even said hey you need to go hunt i was just i've been in a funk since october i found out two weeks before the season came in that i lost this property so i didn't i wasn't going to hunt i ended up i'm like all right you know what i got to get my uh rifle license i'm just, i'm at least gonna go rifle hunt i've set three times and I killed three deer. I killed two does the first morning I went out because that's another thing they changed this year here in Virginia. You could kill two deer a day, and the whole rifle season was either sex. You could shoot a doe or a buck. I could shoot a doe in the morning. I could go back and shoot a buck in the evening. I shot two doe my first morning out. My second set didn't shoot anything. And then my last, the last day of the season, I went out there and set, and I ended up killing a, a decent, you know, it was two and a half, two and a half year old eight pointer. And my buddy called me last Friday or last Thursday, and he said, "Oh yeah, last Friday." He said, "Are you going tomorrow?" I said, "Going where?" He said, "Tomorrow's muzzleloader season." I said, "Nah, dude, I'm good. I, I killed three this year. He hadn't killed any." I said, "Go give him hell, man. I hope you I hope you knock one down." So I'm okay with three. You never told us you were like. 
a descendant and trained in hunting by Daniel freaking three sets, three deer. That's a, that's not even normal. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I feel bad for my buddy Kobe. I know he probably hates me because he's been hunting since day one. Yeah, you know, He started in bow season. I never got my license. Just wasn't in it. I wasn't in it this year. And But no, he has had opportunities. So I feel bad for him because he hadn't killed anything this year, but he has had opportunities. And he said, well, John, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of waiting on – I want one for my loss. I was like, well, buddy, if that's what you want, then you go for it. Me, I'm filling my freezer, son. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. Now, I will say, you know, I, I, I admit I did, I did not harvest the deer this year, but that, that uh, remember when we were talking about that 4 a.m. I got a body? Yep. Yep. He, uh, he made one. Because he knows I didn't get to go out this year. So, I do have venison. I oh, do yeah. have quite good. a bit of venison. But, uh, yeah, yeah but I was not harvested by myself this year. That's good. And, you know, got to each other. Oh, well, you know what? My 4 a.m. guy, he knows how much I eat deer meat. He gifted me a deer as well. So, technically, I had four deer in my freezer this year. So, I, I haven't. I, I'm not. I'm not Your hunting buddy Colby's really not going to like you. <laughs> I know. I know. I ain't no. I offered. I told him. I said when I, when I shot those two deer that morning, I said, "Look, I'll check them in. If you want one, you, you're welcome to have one." No, no. He said, I, "I'll get one." I'm like, "Okay." So that's up to him. <laughs> and matter, so, as a, as a matter I, of fact, know, I just got five pounds of uh, ground uh, venison this evening from uh, from Chris. Okay, Chris. I take back everything I was ever saying about you. I think I think you're awesome. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and this year right now, because of my lack of time in the wilderness, I accept five pounds of crescent too. <laughs> you know, as I was thinking about, you know, like the antler restrictions and, you know, every that the, the, the fishing game agencies have been doing, I was thinking, you know, like what, like, Every state has like a bunch of different laws, right? You know, like like in the Condor Range in California or whatever. You know, like there's a lead ammo ban and all this other stuff and everything. So, like each state has like different laws and rules and everything, right? Yep. So, I was like, I wonder what like the weirdest hunting laws are. And I actually found a list of a few. If you want to hear them, okay. I'm kidding. Some of them are gonna crack. Some of them are gonna crack you up. All right. I'm just I'm warning I'm warning you now. <laughs> I don't understand, but the reason, but the th- here's are made because people, because of people's actions. Right. Remember. Okay. So one of the first ones, I got a list here of like twelve. Okay. Okay. In the state of Arizona, may not hunt camels. Are <laughs> the camels in Arizona? <laughs> not to my knowledge, no. <laughs> Did did, did did some dude hijack a camel from the east, from the Middle East or something? Bring it over here, put it in somebody's fenced-in backyard, and whack the camel? Is it like how else? How else could that law ever? Are you? Are, you're being serious, right? That's an actual law. I'm. I'm yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's pretty weird. So. So listen, if if, if if you and Dreama and me and the Smoking Hot ever go on a vacay to Arizona, 
if we see a camel, you're going to have to fuck the urge to knock it down because you'll get thrown in the freaking paddle. <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. How, what, oh, how was oh, it? Do they, get worse? Do they get worse? Oh, just wait to just wait for this next one. And this next one has to do with the state of Texas. Okay. And this is totally Texas. I think Texas is on here like two times, but this one is 100% Texas. It is legal for a blind individual, a blind individual to hunt in Texas. All right. Well, you know what? If you're I... blind, do you get text? But like, does that mean they can hunt alone? No, they can't hunt alone. I mean, that's that's not possible. There'd be there would be no. Way. No, I, uh, I I've helped out with the group through the. Uh, NWTS here in the Virginia chapter, and I actually sat in a blind with a gentleman. And gosh, I wish I wish I knew I could I, I could get his name. His name is Terry, but I can't remember his last name. He is legally blind, and yes, him and his wife hunt together all the time. And they're, awesome. they're part of a willing sportsman outdoorsman here in Virginia, and I've I've, I've volunteered several times with this group and i've sat with terry and his wife in the blind and she helps him aim he holds the gun and she'll tell him she'll whisper in his ear left up down there shoot and i have witnessed this man who is legally blind harvest an animal with the help of his wife i've actually i have actually seen him they'll, they'll have they have pulls when we have our meats um usually in the spring for the nwts here in Virginia, the Augusta County chapter, where they pull balloons and the balloons will float up in the air. And she, I've watched this man shoot a balloon out of the air who is legally blind with the help of his wife. It's cool as hell, dude. That that is freaking awesome. That dude is such ass. Oh, uh, he's 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 awesome. He's awesome. I've sat with him, I think, twice in the blind, and I was with him one morning when he harvested an animal, and it was just cool as hell. She'll whisper in his ear. He's holding the gun. She'll she's giving him all. She's telling him all these signals left, right, whatever, up, too far, back, a little bit, down, and now. And he'll pull the trigger. It's, dude, it was amazing. I, that's some of the best times I've had volunteering with the NWTF group in our area. It's just been so hard for me to volunteer for the past, what, three years because, you know, taking care of Pop, and I just don't have the time to do it. You know, everything's just been crazy. But, yeah, that's, that's yeah. good stuff right there. I've met a lot, a lot of the good people through that organization virginia wheeling outdoorsman it's it's just an amazing group that's awesome um next is georgia you cannot shoot a deer in a lake stream or pond that's one okay. uh, i mean you know who would like you know who would want to trek through a lake trying to get a deer right. anyhow right. you know what i mean lake stream. Um, this one here's this one here's interesting to me because I'm a bow hunter as well. Bow hunters in New Hampshire must put their name address on all of their arrows. Have you ever heard of? It? No, I've never heard of that. Me, I've, me neither. I've heard of you know, of course, of course, tree stands, yeah, but not your arrows. That's crazy. Yeah, every single arrow has to have your name and address on them. <laughs> no kidding. And would you say that was Georgia? So what happened? No, that was in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. So think about it like this, though. You know how many people probably do not go out and poach deer in, in with a bow in, in New Hampshire? <laughs> yeah. You're, Dude, you, you're right. you'll be caught red-handed. Yeah, you're right about that. 
Yeah, and of course, not too many people want to poach deer with a bow and arrow. They're going to poach and they're going to use a rifle anyway. That's how, right. that's how I see it. But that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, man. Um, next is, let's see here. The next one. You may not use trail cameras during the season in Montana. Really? How do you how do you feel about that? I don't I I don't know I, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I mean I don't see what difference that would make it, whether you have them up during the season or not. That's I don't know that's weird. I don't I don't agree with that one. I don't I don't see where what what harm that's going to do. I. I it, I think that maybe, you know, because this is a wild free chase, you know what I mean? I think maybe uh, part of maybe, like, maybe the Montana um, uh, Wildlife and Parks or whatever heck their agency is called out there, um, maybe they think it creates, like, an unfair advantage because you're able, you know, like, to see where they come in and whatnot. It's supposed to be just a fair chase. You walk in luck that you find something or you have to use your tracking skills whatever i don't know but that's what i think really is yeah i just that that's the one i don't that one there doesn't make any sense to me but i agree with what you're saying I, I mean i understand what you're saying but that one doesn't make any sense to me i don't see any harm in that but i don't either what's the next one next one you need written permission from the state wildlife director to take a piebald or albino deer in Oklahoma. No kidding. Let me ask you this. You're in your stand. You're 20 feet high. There's a piebald right there. And you can't shoot it. Didn't beforehand write a letter to the state director for permission. So you got to, what do you do? Take a freaking notepad into the stand with you. You see one. Hurry up and like FedEx it overnight. Don't leave your stand. I don't. I, how does this? How does this work? Like, no, is this a way for no one to ever shoot them? Because they're rare. I don't know. I, you know what? I, well, I'll have to chime in with Shiner on that one because that's where uh, Titty and Shiner from the Titty and Shiner show. That's where they're from. They're from Oklahoma. I'm gonna have to chime in with uh, Shiner on that one. Ask him. Yeah. Ask him about a, that. There is a little caption underneath that one. It says, "If it's brown, it's down. But it's white, you better write." <laughs> <laughs> Is that for real? Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah, <laughs> that's freaking hilarious. <laughs> oh god, yeah, I'll, I'll chime in. I'll I'll have to uh, ask Shiner about that one tomorrow. No, they they number went number seven. Okay, no, go ahead. No, no, I'm just I was just gonna say they. I know that uh, him and his lady went out this evening and it was a bust because he's out. He was actually out hunting today and which is saturday and they're going out tomorrow so fingers crossed that she her uh shiner's lady can get one down tomorrow she hadn't shot one yet this is her first year hunting and she is addicted good that's right that's awesome number seven florida and we'll talk about florida explaining the whole evolution of deer in florida it is illegal to molest a kid Johnny P. Laws unless shit happens. <laughs> that's, that's common sense. 
that reminds me of the warning labels on on certain things, like ammonia. Uh, do not ingest. Uh, they don't put them on there. If somebody hadn't done it. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah, oh dude. God. That's I, unreal. I, 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 yeah. Do not. Yeah, I, I say to that, someone's had to have done it. Do not molest what deer? Key deer. Very small. <laughs> Very oh, small, God. vulnerable, yes. Don't molest key deer. Oh, my God. But you know what? I have to agree with you. They didn't make these laws unless something happened. Exactly. Tell me about it. All right. This next one is my all-time favorite. It has to do with one of my favorite states of all time. I've been there. I fell madly in love. It has to do with the state of Texas yet again. <sighs> Remember how we said laws don't need laws are not created unless something happens. Right. It is illegal to shoot a buffalo from a second-story hotel window in the state of Texas. <laughs> Who shoots a blow <laughs> from a second story window? Somebody that was hungry, I guess. <laughs> you wake up, you got morning wood, you open up the curtains, and you see a buffalo and say, hey, I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> oh, Tell God, that's, that's hilarious. Dude, that's real, man. That's legit in the books. No, I have a question for you. So, Dang. Can you shoot a buffalo from the third? What? Can you shoot a buffalo from the third story window? It didn't specify, so I'm assuming so. That's what I'm saying. It just says second second story. So can you do it from the third, fourth, or fifth? <laughs> how many stand atop? How many people set up a tripod stand at the freaking top of the high rise and just pepper uh, armadillos? That's what I want to know. Oh, that's hilarious. I love Texas. I love Texas. Dude, I want to I'm, move to Texas. <laughs> oh, dude, it's so beautiful. I freaking love it. I love it. I love it. Yep. All right. Number nine, Connecticut. You're on the – Connecticut's next. Dirty. Connecticut states that you may – what's that? No, go ahead. I'm just saying dirty, dirty. My, I, I, my boys from East Coast Bowhunting Podcast, they up in CT. Yeah, well, if they do this next one, they're they're sitting behind bars. Connecticut states that you may not hunt graceful rabbit or other fur-bearing creatures with dynamite, fire, <laughs> smoke, brimstone, salt, gas, or any other chemicals. <laughs> oh, God, that's hilarious. I got to get a hold of East Coast Trev. <laughs> he can't be blowing if, up if you're not with dynamite. <laughs> If you're not busting out brimstone, you ain't doing it right. <laughs> I don't know what's up their ass. That's hilarious. <laughs> Come on. Ten. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, go for it. Go no, for it. I'm just saying. How the hell are you going to hunt a squirrel or a rabbit with dynamite? You're not going to have nothing there. <laughs> Nothing's left. All right, go ahead. All right. Let's see. In Nebraska, Johnny, have you ever been in Nebraska? No, sir. Me yeah, neither. And, and I'm definitely not going after this one. I'm not. I'm not. You know what? 
I've always wanted to go to like Norman, Oklahoma or whatever because I'm a big fan of Jim Ross. I think it'd be cool to like be around his town or whatever. I'm a mark. But in Nebraska, it is illegal to hunt whales. And because of that, they're never getting my money. They're never getting my visit. You cannot hunt whales in Nebraska. Okay. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, man. Where you? Uh, yeah, where, where are they going to have the whales at? Swimming pools? Uh, with yeah. Windows? That's I don't know. Thinking. What the hell? That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's <sighs> common sense. <laughs> it's. I just. I don't. I don't get people sometimes. Texas. There's not two. There's three. And I'm pretty sure you have to buy a permit for this. I want to find this out. I'm, I'm guessing that you have to buy a permit for this next one. Okay. Um, because it's a form of hunting. And, you, you, you know, like, that's how we save the animals. That's how we get more animals. We contribute to conservation is by buying licenses, correct? Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, Bigfoot hunting is legal in Texas. So no other way to have that privilege and that honor to hunt Bigfoot without paying for it. You gotta listen. You gotta spend the gravy, baby, if you want to hunt Bigfoot. <laughs> they have a Bigfoot tag in Texas. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, there has to be. It's legal. You're allowed to hunt it. You can't tell me when you go, you can't tell me when you get your, your deer license or your hunting license. That it comes, you know, like in Pennsylvania, you get a deer tag and you get a spring fall turkey tag, whatever. Right. You can't tell me that in Texas you buy your your hunting license. It comes with, you know, a deer tag, a hog tag, a hog tag. Whatever. And at the end, the very last one that droops down after you unfold, it's Bigfoot tag. You can't tell me that. No way. So yeah, I know for you have to you have to spend extra. There's no way, dude. That's freaking hilarious. Bigfoot's real, by the way. Uh, no way. I know. <laughs> oh, Dude, I'm, you it's got got to be real if they're charging for it. You've got or is that not the biggest gift? Uh, yeah. If, he, if he's not real and they're charging money for it, that's fraud. Oh, my God. My chest is hurting so bad from laughing. <laughs> oh, Lordy. I can see that in Washington I State. Know. I can see Washington Washington State doing that because they're they're vast. They got a lot of wilderness. But Texas, come on! Dude, uh, this is surprise. You're right. It is Texas. Dude, I love Texas. Dude, dude listen. Uh, 2009, I went to San Antonio to go visit my uncle Mike and Aunt Blanca, and. Um, we were back of his house. And it was like December twenty seventh or something like that, and uh, <laughs> so we're up back of his house. First time there, just go up to humongous house. And the whole family's there, and sure enough, there's like a wild mountain goat out back of his house. And my uh, at, at the time, my stepfather, he like, the girls went shopping. The guys stayed back, had some beverages, did some karaoke, and I think we threw some darts, which is pretty dangerous, but it was fun. <laughs> um, like we were out back as mountain goat throughout the freaking like throughout the desert in his backyard. <laughs> <laughs> These uh, accents are nuts, man. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I I 
always like Texas. I I, I want to. I would if, if I had to move somewhere. If I had my choice to move, it would be Texas. Got to. Oh, I just got to get my ass man. out of Virginia. That's all. I'm not sure. I, I'm, honestly, I'm not sure if I would move to Texas because if I can't snipe a buffalo from two stories <laughs> up, I ain't going. Hey, but you can do it from the third story. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, but what if you're afraid of heights? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> number number twelve, Johnny. The last one. You may not, and this is so stupid, which makes me sad because I, I would always, I would love to move to this state, just for the. Just for the wildlife and the outdoors and the hunting that you're able to, that you're not able to do elsewhere, you may not take a picture of a rabbit from January to April in Wyoming. What? You can't take <laughs> you not take a picture. Oh, you can't take a picture of a rabbit from January <laughs> to April in the state of Wyoming. <laughs> All right, so that, the last one is the stupidest one I've ever heard. <laughs> You can't take a picture well, of a rabbit from when? It doesn't matter. I don't care if it's January. From, it doesn't matter. I don't care if it's from January fifth <laughs> to January tenth. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, think about it. You know, people say like photo shoots, so like you're shooting it. So if, with the camera, you should char- listen. Should allow it. Charge them. Because you're shooting it, yet with a camera. So there's a new license. Wyoming, I just made you a ton of money, and I expect some royalties. There it is. Oh, that's the stupidest one I've ever heard. Oh, Dude, and Wyoming is some of the best hunting in the freaking world, man. Why would they come up with that? I, I'm not sure. I have absolutely no explanation for that at all. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Tell me about it. You're freaking <laughs> wicked and wild. I don't get it, man. I don't oh. either. So I said that, you know, like, that was about, um, like, the evolution of deer and stuff. Have I ever explained this to you? Nope. How it works? Nope. Did it? Nope. I don't think so. I know well, how you, you, I know you explained to me how you can tell how uh, tall a bear is, but not this. Yeah, well, for, for the people who have not heard that, uh, just real quick, if you guys are out in the wilderness and you're and you come across um, bear tracks, like I don't know about you, but I love bears, as you know, as yeah. most of the world knows. I want to get scratched by a bear, just not killed. Um, <laughs> I, I want to get scratched by a bear and somehow just have it not hurt. I don't want to be ripped to shreds. I just want scratched across the chest. So, if you come across bear tracks, you're obviously probably thinking, "Holy crap, I gives this bear." I don't know. I don't, that's just someone who loves bears and like wouldn't get bothered by seeing a bear track. I'm just, I'm trying to think outside the of like what the normal average person would see. If they saw a bear track, I'm guessing that one of the first thoughts that come to their mind is, "Holy crap! How big could this? If it's right around me, is, is that probably a like a good assumption?" Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I, I wouldn't be the same way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because there's like a thing with bears and stuff, you know what I mean? But if you come across bear tracks and you are interested in roughly how big this bear is, it's not 100% accurate. I'm going to give it to you to the inch. But if you if you are able to somehow measure coast to coast, left to right of that paw, that paw print, and you add one into it, that is roughly how big that bear is. So if you see a print and it's five inches wide, you add an inch to that five inches, which makes six, and that bear is roughly very good 
guesstimate it is six foot tall. Okay. Isn't that, isn't that cool, man? That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't uh, associate with, with bears very often. And where I hunt, we don't. We've, we've had bear on our property before, but I don't. I have a rule of thumb. And I, I've told you this before. I know I've told China this before. I have a rule. I have no interest in hunting anything that can eat me. <laughs> and I think it's kept me pretty safe throughout the years. I don't have no desire to hunt bear, no desire to hunt gator, grizzly, wolf, mountain lion. I'm good. I, just give me the deer. You don't have any to take a grizzly, man. No. No, I mean... I have the... It, don't get me wrong. I, if I'm going on a guided hunt and they have bait and I have a rifle, I'm not shooting a damn deer or a bear with a, a bow and arrow. It's not happening. If I got a rifle that has more than one shot, I might do it. But I have, I just have no desire to do that. It's just, it, I'm happy with deer and turkey. Dude, I'm telling you, man. There's, I've. I don't know. I want, there's something about there's something about just like being out where we don't belong. Even though even you know, like all this stuff trust, the animals, the land, like all the public land, it's ours, right? Right. We don't own it. Like the animals we don't own it. But, you know, like they're held by us as conservationists, you know, like in into public trust. We're going to do what we can to take care of Yes, we are going to hunt them, but, you know, we do things ethically. We're going to pay for them via hunting license and all this other stuff. But I would love, like, I just have this, I don't know, man, I just have this thing where, like, I want to be out in the wilderness, out in the own, and there I am, boom, face to face. And, you know, like, if I kill something, I'm going to eat it. I don't care, and I actually stole this from Steve Ranilla because it's a great idea. I didn't even think about it. Like, if I something... And like I'm gonna taste like crap. <laughs> what he does, what he does is like, like it. Say that he kills a hog, and like its nuts are still intact. It's gonna taste like crap. That's just how well, wild hogs that are castrated after like three months taste phenomenal. But a wild hog that has its bag on it, it's gonna taste like crap. So what you would do, according to Steve Rinella's theory, is you would just like take the whole hog or grizzly bear or black bear, whatever it is, just make pepperoni sticks out of it. <laughs> then you can eat it. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just have this, this – I just, I want to take a grizzly in my lifetime. A, a mountain lion hunt for me is one of those, like, oh, like the whole rails. I, I, it's, part of it is, like, being in line of danger yeah. and coming out on top well, because I wouldn't believe I would – you know, well, sure. That's that. You know, the, yeah. that's and that's that adrenaline rush. I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, you know, twenty years ago, you know? twenty years ago, maybe. Now I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm just. I'm hoping to live <laughs> another day. I'm not going to push my luck hunting something that's going to kill me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> dude, dude, you, dude, you're talking about getting old. And look, we're recording this on Saturday night. My birthday, Johnny, is in 24 minutes. December 22nd. You talk about getting old. My I'm gonna, man. I'm going to be the I'm going to be the ripe old age of 33, brother. Oh, uh, you just you're still wet behind the ears, homie. 
Now my grand's been saying that my whole life, and I still to this don't understand what that means. He's still wet behind the ears, brother. How old are you going to be, 33? 33. I, I wish I was still 33. Well, uh, let me be the first. I know it's early, but let me be the first to say happy birthday, homie. Thank you, big guy. I you do appreciate it. it. You got uh, it. It's, it's actually it's actually pretty funny, though, because uh, uh, I was at the gym this morning, okay? And, you know, like, you and I have talked about it before, you know, like, used to go to the gym and then, like, self or whatever. Well, I'm I'm at the gym this morning because I got it. I, like, you know, this whole dad bod thing happened and I don't want it. So, I'm, like, I'm trying to get, it's like I'm trying to get rid of it and stuff, you know, because, like, I was an athlete and stuff. I want to look and feel like an athlete again. So, I was at the gym this morning and I'm just doing a shoulder exercise, you know, uh, uh, some flies, not very big dumbbells. and the way that I lift is to like bulk up and like still get lean. I'll do 12 reps of something, um, go up five or 10 pounds, then do 10 reps and then five or 10, then do eight and then five or 10 do six. And then after the six, I will go back to the original weight of the 12 and then do 12 more. Cause the last 12 on the lighter weights, a killer. It's a great way to do your reps. Right. I was doing that today and I was doing a shorter exercise and you know, I was, doing some flies and uh i was on the set of 10 and dude, i'm telling you what holy balls i don't know what happened i went up on like my fourth one and i got like this crazy muscle spasm in the middle of my back i think i only i think i had like 30 pound dumbbells in each hand and i about dropped like my hand went numb and uh, all this other stuff and i just like stood there and i just like dropped the weights down to my side i'm like oh my god and i was like Lift the gym floor and then like I hopped in the shower at the gym to try to relax muscles. I'm walking out to the car and I'm like getting in. I'm like, oh my god! And she's like, you're not even 33 yet, man. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, like, oh. uh, so yeah, dudes, the ripe age of 33. It's like, but I've been saying for a long. There's a lot of miles on this body. Oh, yeah. I, I beat this body up, and I don't want it to. Like I'm 33, I shouldn't be cracking and stuff every time I move. Yeah. Well, wait till you get my age, homie. Wait till you get my yeah, age. I mean, it gets worse. <laughs> well, according to, according to someone in my household, uh, you know, like she's allowed to go find younger, and uh, I don't. We don't need that to happen. So I got to get back in shape. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, going. I'm gonna be in a wheelchair at your age. Oh but, gosh. <laughs> anyhow, we got way off freaking topic. I have no idea. But thank you for the happy birthday. That's awesome. Yeah, you're welcome, um, buddy. Yeah, we snowballed. We kind of rolled downhill. <laughs> yeah. So the evolution of deer is what I wanted to talk about. Somehow we got off track. But so a little like deer history lesson, history lesson for everybody. So way back then, all deer in the United States were in the southeast. They were down with Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Okay. Yeah. And I never did. No, sir. Oh, Strap on, dude, because this is this is fascinating. So that all these deer at one time decided to migrate, which is really weird because you know most of the time a whitetail will not leave a mile within of where it's born. That's like its territory, right? So all these deer migrated west, traveled, 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 and they and they ended up around the California. By the Ohio, I mean Ohio, Jesus, Oregon, and Washington. 
area of the United States. That like whole, you know, freaking uh, Northwest Territory. And mind blank for a second. So then after some time, some of those white-tailed deer decided to travel back east. But some of the deer there ended up staying on the west coast. Then over time with vegetation and, you know, evolution and all this other stuff, they eventually, over time, more to the black-tailed deer. So black-tailed actually white-tailed, like, descendants or whatever. So it's really, really cool. So then years and years and years and years and many years ago, the blacktails in the west coast decided to travel eastward and it just so happens through whatever the whitetails decided to travel westward and they ended up meeting where in the midwest and do you know what comes next mule deer that's how the that's how the mule deer is formed the mule deer really started which is still like a a, a, a relatively new concept is the mule deer they haven't been around for an extreme long time but the black tails and the white tails had a little party and uh had some and you know had some fun some some sunsets and uh that's how that's how the mule deer came about cool that wild that's crazy yeah that's there were some scientists up in there were some scientists up in vancouver british columbia who did the research on that? And uh, yeah, man, that's how. It, you know, it, it's really weird because there's a thing called the Bergman principle. Have you heard this? No, sir. All right. Well, it it totally explains why mule deer are the size that they are, and why like deer southeast, like say the key deer that you're not allowed to molest in Florida, and there's all for it. Like why they're well, they're like 80 or 90 pound deer, man. So the the way that the bald deer works, it's really interesting. Because where the mule deer are, it gets really freaking cold, right? Yeah. Heavy snow, heavy snow, be cold, extremely, extremely cold in the negatives. And so what is, name a difference that a mule deer has with, say... Like a regular white-tailed deer. They don't have a tall brow tines. First... That's, that's the first thing that pops to my mind. They normally don't have brow tines, or they're very small. That's, that's the first Minus thing that pops antlers. My Yours is what? Right. My... Minus antlers and the size of the antlers. What pops into mind? Anything? Brow tines. That's all, all that right. pops into how... mind. How are the ears on a mule deer? Bigger than a whitetail's. A lot larger. Yeah. Because of like, like, and there's a specific reason for that. And if if you look at the legs of a mule deer, so the legs on like a um, a southeastern whitetail, say you know like down in Georgia or Florida or whatever, their legs are really long and skinny, mm-hmm. and their ears are a lot smaller than mule deer. So. The reason being is because of like heat retention. That's how they survive. The mule deer's ears and since their legs are beefier and uh, and they're a lot stockier because it help that actually helps them hold the heat longer to help them survive in those elements. 
So if you look at a deer down south, right, their legs are like super skinny. That's because it it allows them to shed more heat because they don't need all that heat because the heat are rare. So it's really weird how like the transformation of animals depending on where they live, how their bodies change. Mule deer are massive and made that way and have been, I guess, have morphed into that type of body structure to survive those elements. The larger ears keep more heat in. The shorter legs, I mean, maybe they're not shorter because they're giants, but they're a lot beefier, which helped them keep the heat in to help them survive those elements. That's why the deer down south are like 80, 90 tops. Because they don't need all the extra fat, all that extra whatever to stay yeah, warm. Sure. They don't need it because of the air structure. Right. I mean, you take a you take a Virginia deer. Just say, for instance, take a Virginia deer. You get a really good one. It's going to max out at 150 pounds, or not max out, but you take a 150-pound deer in Virginia, and it's a good deer, but you go to Saskatchewan, they got some freaking monsters up there. And their they got bodies, 300 pound white tail. Oh, yeah. Their body sizes are so big, and it makes their horns look small just because they're they're so big. Yeah. Yeah, so I... But, yeah, man, like, I see. a lot of people, you know, they don't think about, you know, like, okay, why like why on earth would the mule deer's ears be as freaking large as they are? They look like a freaking elephant on these things if you put it on a regular white-tailed deer. <laughs> but, you know, like, there's all a reason for this stuff, and that's exactly why deers are, are built the way that they are, and the deer in the southeastern are built the way that they are. That's cool shit. <laughs> Isn't that neat, man? Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, dude, it's uh, I, I I I love like the science behind these freaking animals and like what they do and how they react and why they're made the way that they are. It's something that's always stuck with me, man. Oh yeah, I mean, it, everything. It, it's all interesting. I, I I love it all. So, you know, this is uh, you know, we're on the brink of Christmas. It's in just a few days. It's in three days and 12 minutes, actually, as, as we're sitting here right now. But uh, one thing I want to one thing I want to do, and, you know, look, this is a podcast. People listen to podcasts in their free time and whatnot. This time of year, exactly uh, like the slowest time of year for folks. So we're actually going to cut this show off here short. But first, Johnny, tell me one of your favorite personal hunting stories, good or bad. I actually have two two favorite hunting stories. Uh, and they both involve my children. Uh, the first one, I had my youngest son, Aaron. We went hunting one evening, sitting in a, a pop-up blind. He, you know, he was under the age, so he didn't have to have the license or anything. And we were sitting in the blind. We were just talking, and he had my 30-30 marlin. And I saw deer coming across the field. I was like, hey, buddy. I said, these deer are coming towards us and they got closer kept getting closer and then lo and behold here comes a i thought it was an eight pointer a, a little small basket rack eight pointer and they fed their feet in front of us and i told my son i said yeah, you can shoot either one i said you can shoot either this big doe i said or you can shoot that buck i said which one do you want to shoot he said i want to shoot the buck daddy i was like okay 
So we waited a few minutes, and we were we were within 15 minutes of legal shooting lights. All we had left. He came out, got broadside, had him on a shooting stick, and I'm talking to him. I'm whispering in his ear. I'm like, all right. As soon as he turns broadside, I said, wait till he wait till he takes his one step with his left foot. I said, put it right behind his shoulder and pull the trigger. Deer, you know, he took a step. I said, shoot when you're ready. He pulled the trigger. Mule kick, you know, I knew he hit him. I knew he hit him good. He runs out through the I'm watching him in the binoculars. I see him pile up out in the field. Dad, did you get him? I said, yeah, buddy. I said, you got him. He said, I, I, I don't think I hit him. I said, buddy, you got him. I said, he's laying down in the field. And then all of a sudden, you just hear, I hear my son saying, Dad, I, I, I don't think I got him. I turned and looked at my son, and he is shaking. Like he is standing on, the, <laughs> he he is shaking like he is standing on the North Pole with a pair of booty shorts and a crop top on. He was shaking so bad. I said, "Buddy, I said you got him." I said, "He's right there in the field." I said, "You see his white belly?" And, and he's just he he's trying to talk to me like this. And he said, "Dad, I, I'm not cold. Why am I shaking?" I said, "Buddy, I said the day <laughs> I said the day you stop shaking, I said the day you need to stop hunting." I said, because it's no longer fun for you. He said, Dad, you don't shake. Yes, indeed. He said, Dad, you don't shake like that. I said, yes, I do. I said, oh, yes, your daddy does. I said, Daddy shakes every time after he shoots an animal or kills an animal. I said, Daddy shakes every time. As a matter of fact, and I'll say this, I'll put it out there to the world. This year when I shot that eight-pointer, I was shaking so bad after after my shot, I thought I was going to fall out the tree stand. The whole tree was shaking. I had to sit down. I couldn't even hardly text my buddy. I was shaking so bad. Like I told my son, the day you stop shaking is the day you need to stop hunting because it's no longer fun for you. That is awesome. Yep. That's that's my first one. That's my first one. Now, my second one was, it's been, I don't know, it's it's been a while ago. It's probably been five years ago now. Dallas came in. This is when Dallas uh, from Tattooed in the Wild uh, was still living in Ohio. He came in one weekend for the youth season. We took my daughter out hunting to try to get her on film shooting a turkey. We sat there. Dallas was calling. We had two big toms that worked 300 yards across this field. They were literally 20 yards in front of us. However, they weren't on my property. I, I, I didn't have permission to shoot on that property. They had to come another five yards off to our right until they got to our property, okay? She's sitting on my lap. Mm-hmm. She's got the shotgun. It's on the stick. And to hear her breathing, she was, you could tell she was excited. She was nervous. She was ready. To hear her breathing, when can I shoot? Dad, hold on. Just a couple more yards, a couple more yards. Hold on. And she's shaking. I can feel her shaking. She's sitting on my lap. At this time, she was uh, 10, I guess she was 10 years old at the time. Dallas is getting all this on footage. And about that time, a gang of 24 turkey came out of the woods you know, 300 yards across the field, and they had like three more toms over there. Well, they started fighting and carrying on. I looked up, and the two birds that we had in front of us absolutely took off running straight towards that whole other gang of turkeys. And we got about 15 minutes of turkeys fighting, flopping each other, you know, jumping up in the air and clawing each other. But to have my daughter sitting on my lap and to hear her breathing, excitement, the excitement level for her 
that was that's that's definitely a hunt I'll never forget. Yeah, we didn't shoot anything, but that's not the purpose every time to go out and shoot something. That right there, I will never forget. Two of my favorite hunting stories of all times, and I never even pulled the trigger. Never had a gun in my hand. Those are two of my that most favorite hunts. Awesome, dude. Oh, I loved it. Those are two hunts that's I will awesome. never forget. One of that's that's super cool, dude. One of my favorite ones, and we're gonna close with this. One of my favorite ones was a time I, I told you I love bears, man. Yep. It is a bear, and it involves elf. It involves me. I've never stepped foot in. It involves the bear not knowing I was there, and uh, me not knowing the bear was there. So, as a guy that I used to play ball with um, many years ago, he uh, he's now in the major leagues, and uh, I had the opportunity to go watch him for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals play the Chicago Cubs out at Wrigley Field. And me being a baseball guy, if you're a baseball guy, there's like ballparks like you, like you just have to see in your lifetime. And obviously Wrigley Field is one of them. So I got to go to see Wrigley, and I got to go see my buddy play. Of course, the one time I get to see him, he goes 0 for 4 with three strikeouts and had an error. So, like, I wasted all this gas to go watch him suck in his, uh, <laughs> his Wrigley debut. So... I'm out there, and, um, you know, been, I was at this woods a few times. I drive back 18 hours, Johnny, nonstop, okay? Yeah. 18 nonstop from Chicago whenever I was living in Baltimore um, because I wanted to hunt the next day. So I get I get into I, – I time it pretty good. I, I, I get back 5.30 in the morning. And dude, I'm telling you what, buddy, I was exhausted. I was dead tired. But, you know, like, what am I going to do? Not hunt? You know? So um, I decided to not climb a tree that day. And I had, like, a little half blind, you know, stood up maybe, like, too tall or whatever. Had my tripod stool with me. And um, I was I, – I've hunted this place a few times. This one particular spot. I've always seen deer. Not Clifford Archery, though. But I've seen them, so I know they're there. You know, just opportunity has to knock. So, uh, I go, and I quarters of a mile into this woods at Lock Raven Res. I'll put it out there where I was. And, uh, I, by the way, when I pull in, there's not a single car around. Nothing. There's nobody there. So this, this, this Maryland, not a lot of, and, like, not a lot of people hunt around Maryland, unless you're on the eastern shore. So, I'm like, all right, well, nobody moving deer, which may suck for me, especially today, because I'm not going to be out moving very much for season. So I go to this spot, and dude, I'm telling you what, I walked three quarters all in, and there was a dude in my exact spot. <laughs> this is public land, right? Right? Yeah, it's public okay. land. Okay. There was not a car. Like, how you enter these woods... There not a car, but there was a dude parked in my spot that I have been hunting. I had everything cleared out and everything, you know, everything was good. I had the freaking, you know, uh, I had like perfect lanes to shoot through and everything. Not a single car, but there was one dude in my in the, in that exact spot. So somebody must have been watching me or whatever. I have no idea. But the chance, but the chances of that in like six thousand eight, kidding me? Right. So I get all fired up. I'm ticked off. I'm tired. I just drove 18 hours, ready to punch someone. I'm irritated. I don't know where to go now because I've only parked myself in one spot. It just so happens I saw deer every time I was in it. So, so I go. I turn back around. I'm fed up. I'm like, I'm just going home, whatever. So 
I go back to my I, I walk back out the path, go out to my car, getting ready to put the stuff in my car. Well, the way you come in, you turn right to go to the parking lot right along the road. And on the other side of the road, from where I hunted, there is like a big mountainside. I'm like, well, I've never been up, but I'm here. I'm already dressed, you know. So I'm like, whatever. Well, on that on that road that you drive in, there was a bunch of road construction going on at this point. Because it was, you know, I, I just walked a mile and a half carrying a whole bunch of gear. It's not, and you got to be quiet, you know what I mean? So it was 10 minutes. So some road construction started on the road, which, believe it or not, plays a big part into this story. Uh, so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to walk up this hill. Whatever I see, I freaking see whatever. Uh, it's still dark, so I'm walking up this mountainside, and I'm just going and going, not having any idea where I'm headed. But I, I end up in a field to my right, and, like, a gully to my left. So I'm like, awesome. I'm just going to watch this field. I'm going to watch this I'm just going to set my little half-blind up or whatever, and I'm going to put my tripod still up and have my back up against the tree. So I'm sitting there, sitting there, and I'm, like, dozing, man. I'm so freaking tired. And, uh... It's been about an hour and a half, and all of a sudden, I hear this, the first thing I thought of, like, another hunter walked up on me, right? Right. And it it was hard to hear anyhow because of all the road construction going on down on the main road. So, and it just, like, carried through the valley of, like, hillside. So, I'm like, son of a gun. So I turned my head around this tree, and Johnny, I'll bet you it wasn't even eight foot away. There was a black bear there. <laughs> oh. So it, it didn't see me. It didn't hear me. It didn't smell me. I must have sent the best scent killer of all time, dead downwind. Thank you very much. for You're welcome for that. Pl- uh, um, yeah, so I turned, and it, I freaked out. But I didn't freak out because I saw the bear. Because I like watching. I freaked out because it went to stand up. It got like three. It got like three quarter heights, Johnny. And it and it did like I startled it because it did like this hop thing, right? right. I thought it was like lunging forward. Which okay, I got like I, I don't have a sidearm. Like my knife is in my pack. What am I gonna do? Draw back on my bow that's in its holder on the ground? No. So I'm gonna have to throw knuckles at this thing. So there I am, like it's like leaping. It's like jumping or doing something or so I thought. My legs go like I go like uh head over heels backwards, I'm like rolling, I fall out of my freaking tripod stool. What happened was this bear I scared the living crap out of it. It it like it leaped backwards. When I saw it jump, it was jumping backwards. And it took off ninety degrees to the left. Just dead freaking sprint, man. But I'm like still rolling down this hill, you know what I mean? <laughs> So as soon as I like as, as as soon as I gather myself, and uh, you know may have had a little pee drip, <laughs> I uh, I stand up and I'm like swearing up a storm. I'm like flipping out and stuff, and uh, I wasn't I can tell you that. Oh but, yeah. Um, so I was like screw this. I go and I pack myself up. And I'm just getting the heck out of there. Pack up all my gear as I'm walking out, Johnny. I must be in freaking heaven. Because, like I said, when I entered the woods on that side of the road, too, it's still dark. There was freaking, like, these trees all just clawed and tore up. Like, I was, like, in central station of, like, bear territory. No kidding. 
Yeah, dude. So th- I, I trek out of there, and there happens to be someone from the Maryland Game Commission or whatever they call it down there, um, just like in the parking lot because two others actually ended up showing up, and she was checking license, and I was like flipping out mad. And uh, she asked me how I was doing, and like I had a little bit of a toner. You know, just like not because I'm an ignorant guy, just because I was freaking irritated, mad what just happened, and it startled me. You know? Yeah. So, I um, so I asked her. I was like, "Are there a lot of bears here?" And I think I said it like that. And she said, "I've never heard of a bear being seen around here." And I was like, "Well, if you want this freaking, hill, if you want to walk up this hill right now, I can show you where there is one, and I can show you where they hang out." You know? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, there has they have um. She's never heard of one, apparently. Um, at, at least at that time, there was one there that day, and it was within eight feet of me, right, like walking right up behind this freaking tree. And I turn, I go rolling, stands up, it jumps, it takes off, and uh, I go home angry after an eighteen-hour car ride with nothing but pee drip. <laughs> oh, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, I love I them, but dude, I'm telling you what, man. Well, if you turn around and you see one eight feet from you, it's going to startle you. I have. Honestly, I thought it was like just because I'm telling you, it was a steep freaking hill. Because like the sound that I heard, the like I felt like that's what I said. Like after I finally reached my destination, (laughs) it was so freaking steep. But I don't know, man. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. I, I personally, I have never been in a tree stand. I have never seen a bear in the wild, not while I was hunting. Now, I've seen them here in town, you know, stuff like that. But as far as being out hunting, I have never seen a bear in the wild. Never. Heard them. I, I, I know they've been around it, around me, but I've never seen one. Had them on trail camera plenty of times in our hunting area, but I've actually never seen one in the wild. And I'm okay with that. I'm not going to lie to you. Well... We can go back, you and I. We can go make some pepperonis. What do you say? No. Let's give it a let's go. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever you say, buddy. <laughs> I've, I've had bear twice in my lifetime. I've ate bear meat twice in my life. The first time I had it, uh, it was the most disgusting stuff I've ever had in my life. And I'm like, I'm never eating bear again. It was greasy. It was nasty. And then the second time when I used to hunt out of here in a place called Goshen, Goshen Pass, Goshen here in, in our area. And I used to hunt out there with the Burks. And Ruth, we came in one day after after the morning hunt, and she said, John, do you want a, uh, a bear sandwich, a bear roast, you know, beef sandwich? And I'm like, no, I don't like bear meat. And she said, no, try one. She said, "You, it hasn't been cooked right. God, let, me, let me tell you what, I ate that sandwich, and I'm like, oh, can I have another one? If bear is so finicky on how you cook it, the way I understand it, you've got to get every piece of fat, every piece of the silk skin off of it, or it it it, it gets greasy, I guess. But I've had it twice, and I will eat bear if it's cooked right. I'm just not fooling with it. You know, it all depends on, like, what the bear consumes. Um <laughs> Because, you know, like, if you go up to, like, Alaska, okay, where, like, they're feeding on blueberries, their fat will actually have, like, a tint of blue. And it's, like, an uh, You can, like, melt down that fat that, from a bear that eats blueberries and just, like, drink it and it tastes good. 
I'll take your word so, on that. Yeah. But if you're eating a black bear, you know, that's like feeding off salmon or whatever, it's going to taste rotten salmon. So, like, it all depends on what your bear is consuming, they say. All right. Well, like I said, I'll take your word on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you and I are going to go up. We're going to get one sometime. We're going to go on an awesome bear hunt. We're going to assume and uh, we're going to make a whole bunch of – we're going to make 300 pounds of pepperoni sticks. Right, Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Todd Orndorf. I very much thank you. For tuning into this program, hanging out with us this evening. It is 12-11, Johnny. I am now 33 years young. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you, my man. Folks, wonderful ride. It's been a wonderful year. It's been a whole bunch of awesomeness, and uh, a lot of it is because he's brought so much flavor to this show. It's freaking unbelievable. And uh, you know what? Year 30 TC was really freaking awesome, man. It was so cool. We We had a little bit of a resurgence of a few things. We got Johnny on board, went on other podcasts, got to go to the PodCon. And, uh, for me personally, 33 is just going to be a rock star year. The show is going to just take off even further than it already has. And uh, I'm really super excited. And uh, I just want to say that to everybody out there. Uh, we will not have an episode by Christmas, so Merry Christmas to everybody. And, uh, yeah, man, you can find me at... Todd Orner from the Talkcast on Facebook and Instagram and on the Talkcast at gmail.com. Johnny, where can you, my man? Johnny Simo, tattooed in the wild on Instagram. That's about the only platform. I, right, I'm not going to I don't do too much on Facebook as far as you know anything else, but you can find me on Facebook as well at Johnny Simonetic on Facebook. But Johnny Simo, tattooed in the wild on Instagram. Best place to find me, brother. Alrighty, there it is, folks. I thank you very much each and every episode, and I'll thank you again right now. Folks, you guys are the best fans out there. we got a lot of people paid in this show when it comes to fan questions, and I think that's one of the coolest segments in podcasting that we have. So, folks, Merry Christmas to everybody, and I hope you all have a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. My name is Todd Orndorf. Sorry. Out. See you, brother. Merry Christmas, everybody. Peace. Merry Christmas, Johnny. We're talking about a man. That's me. He's esteemed. Uh-huh. He's known worldwide. You heard him. He has listeners everywhere. Woo! Damn near every corner of the globe. That's far. Mr. Tuttle. Let's go. I'm a podcast veteran. Been in the game for 10 years. I got the co-host. That's no smoke. And that's Johnny. And I'm Toddy. This is the TC. Yeah.